The following audio is from Lifehouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or at lifehousechurch.org. A professor walks into a classroom full of students and begins to pour a glass of water. And he begins to talk about stress management. And so he lifts up the glass and he looks at the students and asks them this question. Who here can tell me how much water is in this cup? And all of a sudden there's sounds of guesses fills the classroom. It's eight ounces. No, 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 it's six ounces of water. No, it's 12. And then someone finally pipes up and says, no, you're all wrong. It's 20 ounces of water. And then the professor looks at the class and quiets them and stops all the guesses. And he says the actual weight of this water doesn't necessarily matter. What matters most, however, is how long you're actually holding the glass. Now, let's say we wanted to do a team building activity this weekend, and I gave each and every one of us at all of our campuses a glass of water. Now, let's just all agree to say that this is about 10 ounces of water. Now, if I was to say, okay, guys, here's what I want us to do. I want us to hold this glass of water for one minute. There's a good chance that you and I, we can hold this water for a minute, 60 seconds. It's a piece of cake. But now let's say I, I took it a step further and said, okay, guys, here's what I want to do. Let's hold this water for one hour. Now, I don't care how much CrossFit you're doing. I don't care how much uh, weight you're benching. There's a good chance that after an hour's worth of time, your, your, your shoulders are going to start feeling sore. All of a sudden, your, your arms are going to start feeling a little bit numb. Okay, now let's say I go to, to another level of extreme. And I said, okay, guys, here's what I want us to do. Let's hold it for an entire day, 24 hours. There's a good chance that we're gonna call in all of the first responders at LifeHouse because our arms are gonna be completely out of our sockets. It's gonna feel like we need to go to an emergency room today. You know, just like the stresses of our life, the burdens that we're carrying. Although there's seasons of our lives where it seems like the weight never changed, because in every scenario, the weight of the water never changed. It was 10 ounces of liquid, but it seemed like it got heavier the more I held on to it. The more we're carrying our burdens, it seems like we just can't carry on. And then it leads to the point of our burdens ends up burning us out. In a survey done in 2021 to U.S. workers, what they discovered was 50% of the workers actually um, said that they were feeling burnt out just to their job demand alone, 50%. That's startling. And so if that, if that statistic is anywhere remotely close to accurate, I want you to begin to look around at, at your campus right now. Begin to look around that room. If that is accurate, then close to 50% of us sitting right here at all of our campuses is feeling, feeling like they're about to burn out or they're at least flirting with the fire of feeling like they're, they're, they're close to, to, to burning out. And can I just say that that's just the starting point? That's the easy part of our life. That's the part that has a start time and an end time. That's the parts of our life that starts at nine and ends at five or starts at seven, ends at three. Or perhaps the reason why you feel a little bit burned out with your work is because it doesn't have a start and an end time and the lines have been completely blurred. But that's the, the easy part. What about the parts of our life like 
You've got a brand new baby now in your home and you haven't slept for three days. Or, or, or perhaps now you've, you've graduated college and now you've got $100,000 worth of student loan debt. Or, or, or maybe now you've got promotion, but now you've got people under you that's depending on, on you for their livelihood. Isn't it crazy how some of the highs in our life make us feel like life comes crashing down? Where the, the highs can get heavy at times, where you wanted to start a family, but all of a sudden, once the, the baby comes in board, you, you didn't know that they're only gonna be sleeping two hours a night. That's heavy. Or, or you graduated with the degree, great job. All of a sudden, it becomes heavy because now you don't know how you're gonna pay for this debt. Or you, you're, you're about to get married, but that's a high point. All of a sudden, you've, you've, got, you've got questions, you're like, I wanna make sure that I'm marrying the right individual. Why, why is that? Why is it that sometimes we feel like we can get so easily frustrated right in the middle of a victory? Why, 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 why does it seem like that this moment of our life, this high in our life can make us feel so fueled, but then it seems like it all of a sudden makes us feel empty? If you've ever felt that way before, maybe you've, you've had the high moments and all of a sudden you've had those heavy moments and you feel like you're about to burn out, can I just tell you right now, you are not alone. You're, you're actually, and you and I are actually a lot like Elijah. You see the patterns and the seasons of our life that we experience when we have those highs and all of a sudden we're carrying heavy burdens and all of a sudden we feel like we're, we're, we're close to burning out or we've already burnt out. It follows the pattern of Elijah. You see, Elijah was a messenger of God. He was a prophet of God. He confronted the people of Israel who turned their hearts away from God. And so he calls the, the, the prophets of Baal, these false prophets, to this mountaintop showdown. And so here's Elijah. He prays, and all of a sudden, fire consumes his sacrifice. I mean, Elijah is on cloud nine. He is winning. All of a sudden, there's revival that sweeps the nation because the people turn their hearts over to God. And then after that battle, he goes running up the mountain again on this adrenaline rush and he prays again. He prays after this years long drought for rain to come and guess what happens? God hears and answers his prayer and it begins to rain. Before you can even think, man, that's a lot of stuff you've already accomplished, Elijah. Before the day is through, he outruns the king's chariots 15 miles led by the spirit of God. Not a sign whatsoever in sight that this man could feel a little bit frustrated. I mean, he's winning. He, he's, he's doing everything right. He's praying, things are getting answered. He's running and outrunning the horses and things are going right in his life and all of a sudden he runs away. Why? Because word gets out to Queen Jezebel about Elijah's attacks on her priests and she puts a bounty on his head and he runs and in 1 Kings this is what it says. It says, Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. And when he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there. And while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, he came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he fell asleep. And when he woke up, God had provided a meal for him. And so he ate and then fell back asleep. How in the world is that even possible? Where he is doing everything right. He's running so fast. And all of a sudden, he gets in this moment with God and said, God, I'm, I might as well be dead. 
I'm running for my life. And in, in this, this next prayer moment, he begins to explain to God why he's running so scared. He tells God this, I've been very zealous for the Lord. God, I have been pouring myself out completely before the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I'm the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. You see, much like Elijah, you and I, we, we experience seasons in our lives that can burn us out. Literally, normal life can burn us out because it, it can take us down seasons of life where it feels like a roller coaster, where you're, you're up one second, all of a sudden you're down. And all of a sudden it feels like life is upside down. And in those moments, we have to be acutely aware of our current stress level and, and begin to expect. Expect that we're gonna probably get uh, a, lot, a lot angrier, faster, and feel like we're about to burn out much quicker in those seasons of our life. But Elijah displayed some, some symptoms and some causes of burnout that I want us to, to begin to look at. See, one of the causes of burnout that we see here in this passage of scripture with Elijah is our highs can lead us to burnout. That's right, like those monumental moments, those adrenaline rush moments, those emotional high moments in our lives it comes crashing down because what comes up must come down. And the reason why we can get easily burnt out with it, the highs in our life is that the fuel doesn't last for very long. We, we begin to, to get fueled by, by, by that circumstance. We get to fueled by that promotion. And then all of a sudden when that, when that fuel runs out, we, we feel like we're about to burn out. And then you, you see in, in another part, running hard. Running hard could burn us out. I mean, this man was praying God was answering. He was running faster than the chariots, running hard. Some of you single parents out there and, and parents of multiple children, you guys know how to, how to do things. You're, you're probably accomplishing a lot more things than you were able to do before. Or perhaps you got so good and so efficient at your job, you're able to work so much faster and so much harder. But then you, you come to the realization, just like Elijah, that this is not sustainable. I cannot sprint for the rest of my life. And all of a sudden you begin to realize, I haven't slept for days or, or I, I haven't really eaten that well. And, and, and you get sidetracked from some sustainable, healthy patterns of living. Isolation. Isolation can totally lead us to burnout. Here's Elijah. He says he left his servant behind. Some of you, maybe you're feeling like, you know what? I'm burnt out because I'm having to carry other people's mess. I'm having to carry other people's burdens. I need to be by myself. I get that. But what happens with isolation and why it causes us to burn out is we get disconnected from some of our best support systems. Comparing, it leads us to burnout. Nothing will make you feel like you're carrying something heavier than comparing to how much lighter someone else is carrying. All of a sudden, here's Elijah, I'm the only one. Maybe you're looking at coworkers or maybe you're looking at people around your life. Man, they're not working nowhere near as hard as me. They're not putting in nowhere near as many hours as me, sacrificing as much as I am. And all of a sudden, that comparison is crushing and we get burnt out. There are signs and there are symptoms that we gotta make sure we look out for, like depression. Here's Elijah, he's, he's having some dark thoughts and saying, God, I might as well die. And, and those were clear signs that, Elijah, you're burned out. And that's clear signs for us that, hey, we're, we're about to experience burnout. 
when we're experiencing despair like Elisha and saying, this is, this is useless, it's hopeless, I'm, I'm helpless right now. Those are signs that we're burning out. Isolation is signs, not only is the cause of burnout, but it's also a symptom of burnout. And then just neglecting our personal needs, our personal disciplines. Here's Elijah, he's doing all this stuff for everyone else. And here's what God is trying to get him to do. I want you to eat. I want you to sleep. Those are things that you need to do for yourself, Elijah. It's, it's almost like the, the concept of if you've ever flown in an airplane before they take flight, the flight attendant is telling everybody, in case of an emergency, when the bag comes down, put the mask on you first. You're no good to help anyone unless you have the mask on first. What I love about Elijah's candidness and vulnerability before God is that God met him right where he was at. And I don't know where you're at right now, but I believe right now that God is meeting you right where you're at and he knows where you're at. Maybe you're feeling like I'm holding this glass and no one even knows it's been 24 hours already. And I feel like I'm about to burn out. What I love is that God met Elijah he met him where he was at, but he didn't leave him where he was at. And he's not going to leave you and I where we're at either. And so there's a principle here I want to share with us this weekend. And it's this, that we break through burnout by becoming fueled by God's presence and purposes. We break through burnout by becoming fueled by God's presence and purposes. I, I get it. You're, you're here and, and none of us, none of us are wanting to say, hey, you know what, Jay? I want to work myself to death this week. Jay, you know what? I want to live a life that I'm absolutely miserable living in right now. I want to be so empty, Jay. I want to be so depleted. I get it. None of us wants to do that. But it's actually impossible for us because as much as medication and counseling and therapy, all which are great and good, they can cure certain symptoms. There's... There's things that they cannot remedy, however. There's one thing for certain that it cannot remedy because there is a nature inside every single one of us that literally causes us to settle for a fake source, to settle for a fake fuel, not knowing also that this source, this fake fuel erodes our fuel tank and causes us to be empty. Ultimately, ultimately it leads us depleted in despair and completely burnt out And this this is what the Bible calls sin. You see, sin is any thought, any intention, any action that goes contrary to who God is. And the sin causes us to, to think, hey, you know what? This promotion is going to fuel me. And all of a sudden, it seems like once we get the raise, we're still empty. This person I'm gonna date, that's gonna fuel me because I'm not gonna feel as lonely anymore. All of a sudden, once we get in a relationship, I'm, I'm still empty. I don't know what's going on. I've got this degree now, but I still feel like I'm in debt. I still feel like I'm empty. I still feel like I'm burnt out. Why? Because this sin causes us to be separated from God and all things good. And it takes us down a trajectory forever death and ruin, ultimate burnout. God loved us so much that he knew that our source would not be sustainable and he knew that our fuel was fake. And so he sends his son Jesus to be our source and savior. And so Jesus came into this world to take on our burnout, to take on our despair, to take on our depression, to take on our guilt, to take on our anger, to take on our mindset, to take on our anxieties, our worries, our forever death placed upon Jesus and in his life, death, burial, and resurrection, he defeated death once and for all. So that through faith in Jesus, we have a brand new fuel, forgiveness, and forever life. How does this work? 
See, God's spirit, it, it makes his home into our spirit. The spirit that would settle for fake fuel, it moves out. And then the spirit of God begins to fuel our lives with love, with life, with rest, with strength, with hope. And so how do we truly live fueled by the presence of God? I, I wanna give us a few thoughts this weekend. The first is this. Be fueled by the presence of God through your spiritual disciplines. First King says it this way. It says, then he laid down under the bush and fell asleep. All at once an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. He looked around and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water and he ate and drank and then he laid down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, get up and eat for the journey is too much for you. So he got up, he ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. Now, through faith in Jesus, we have a different fuel. See, Jesus is better than the bread, better than the water, better than the sleep that Elijah was, was experiencing. Jesus is the living water, he's the bread of life, and he calls every single one of us. He says this, he says, come to me, all you are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Amazingly, however, God uses natural habits to perform something supernatural, like breaking through burnout in Elijah's life. He, he used ordinary disciplines to perform something extraordinary in the life of Elijah, in the life of our life. Think about it this way. An ambulance without fuel saves no lives. It doesn't matter how skilled and how equipped those paramedics and those EMTs are in that ambulance. It doesn't even matter if they're moving with urgency. It doesn't matter if they have the right direction. If it doesn't have any gas, it's not going anywhere. Just like with us, when we're experiencing burnout in our lives before before we begin to tackle the, the emotional, the mental, even the spiritual aspects of our burnout. Now, I wanna pause here because I don't want you to, to miss this. Again, counseling is good. Therapy is good. Some medication is good. Prayer is good. Bible reading is good. Life groups are good. What I don't want us to negate is the physical elements of making sure that we, we work on those physical disciplines because it seems like it's counterintuitive at times because many of us would want to say, I'm just gonna pray this burnout away. I'm just gonna pray that God would supernaturally give me strength to beat this burnout. God could do that. However, I want us to consider what God did for Elijah. He says, I want you to eat, I want you to sleep, and I want you to do it again tomorrow. I want you to eat, I want you to sleep, I want you to do it again tomorrow. We have to regain those physical uh, disciplines back into our refueling. So let's consider what God did. All right, so Elijah slept. Did you know that uh, on average, we should be getting about eight to nine hours of sleep? Maybe you're a new parent. Again, you're not sleeping well. You got a lot of stuff going on at your job. You're not sleeping well. Hold on. I get it. Eight to nine hours of sleep. That's a lot of sleep. It's crazy. Um, when, when, when I first started going into ministry, one of my, my mentors told me, don't make a decision when you're on halt. Some of you are thinking, it's like, what does that mean? When you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. And now I've heard now, don't make a decision when you're on halts. Hungry, angry, lonely, tired, or stressed. Give it about 24 hours because it's, 
It's amazing what, what a good night's sleep will do to your perspective. I get it. Elon Musk says that he only needs about four hours of sleep. But can I just tell you, you're not Elon Musk and neither am I. So go to sleep. Some of the most holiest things you can do today is take a nap. Go to bed. Go to sleep. Turn off your phone and get a good night's sleep. And then Elijah ate bread. Look, I get it. We all know what's healthy and what's unhealthy. Dr. Daniel Amen says it this way, that your brain consumes 30% of the calories you eat every day. 30%. That means some of our thinking is actually based upon what we're eating. It's amazing that our perspectives can literally shift based on what's on our plate. So let's make sure we're filling ourselves with the right kinds of food. And it said in, in Elijah, he traveled back 40 days and 40 nights. We gotta get moving. Some of the ways to actually move beyond burnout is doing that, moving. Some of us are stuck emotionally. Some of us are stuck mentally. Some of us are stuck spiritually. I love what Pastor Patrick has told me before. Discipline begets discipline. All of a sudden, when we begin to start moving physically, our emotions begin to follow. Our mentality begins to follow. Our spirituality begins to follow. We got to get moving. I'm not saying you need to go put a brand new Peloton on your credit card. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is open a door, get some fresh air, and go out for a walk. Go watch a YouTube video of a workout video. Don't let your, your brain bully your body because you begin to move physically, your emotions begin to follow. Your mentality begins to follow. Secondly is this. We become refueled in the presence of God by the presence of God through your personal relationship with God. First Kings, it says that when the word of the Lord came, what are you doing here, Elijah, he replied. I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I'm the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. The Lord said, go out, stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart, shattered the rocks before the Lord. And then the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. Here's Elijah. He's spending 40 days and 40 nights with the Lord. This was a 10-day journey, and he took significant time to be with God. Whenever we're burnt out, we feel empty. We feel depleted. We took a misstep. We're, we're taking a wrong direction. We need to take some significant time to be with God. Elijah found refueling in the presence of God. I, I love Elijah's candidness because he was willing to pour into God's presence everything. He was willing to become vulnerable, and through his vulnerability, he gained victory. He gained refueling. He gained a refocus. Some of us are thinking, I don't want to burden God with my burdens. But God is saying, I want you to pour yourself out completely to me in my presence because only then can I fill you back up with all of me. If you give me all of you, I can give you all of me. And God wants to, to fill you. See, your, your life, you and my life, we're kind of like a car, but in this car, we, we have specific fuel that can actually fuel us. You ever have one of those brand new cars? Hey, you need this grade of gasoline to, to, to put fuel in your tank. The only thing that could be sustainable to fuel our lives is the presence of God. But just like a regular car, you don't just fuel it up once after you buy it. You got to constantly refuel it. But I, I love that, that where Elijah found God 
was not in this big bang show. Like, I get it. I believe that God's going to meet you right where you're at. I, I believe that, you know what, we, we, we have such an amazing experience at all of our campuses. Our worship team is awesome. Pastor Patrick is bringing the word. And, and man, it's amazing. I believe God speaks and, and works and moves through each and every one of those things. But can I just tell you, there's also elements of places where God wants to meet you and refuel you. And it's not in the earthquake. It's not in the fire. It's not in the wind. It's in the stillness. It's in the gentle whisper. It's in your commute to work. It says, I want to refuel you before you go to work. It's at 530 in the morning before the kids start waking up to go to school. He wants to meet you while you're having coffee. He wants to refuel you right there. It's in the, the, the break time, right at, at 12 o'clock, right in your car. He wants to meet you there. He wants to refuel you right where you're at. And he's the only source and his presence is the only place where we can become refueled. And lastly is this. We become refueled by the presence of God by following God's purposes, following God's purposes. Then a voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one, and now they're trying to kill me too. The Lord said to him, jumping in verse 15, go back to where you came. Elijah got refueled, refocused in the presence of God. And then God says, I want you to go back to where you came. You know, we have the tendency to want to run away from our responsibilities when things get tough. Here's Elijah. He's saying, God, they're trying to kill me. They killed everybody and I'm the only one left and they're trying to take me out too. It's hard, Elijah. So he gets refueled. He gets rested and says, I want you to run back to where you came. What if God is not saying that you need to run away from your marriage? What if God is saying, I want to refuel you and I want to send you back to that marriage with new fuel? What if he's, he's, he's not telling you to go run away from your, your, your children? What if he's saying, I'm trying to make sure I refuel you so you can be rested, so you can run back with a different kind of purpose. I, I'm trying to refuel you for your job. I'm trying to refuel you for your city because I want you to keep running. Don't run away from the very blessings that God is placing in front of you. And sometimes those blessings look a lot like hard work. But don't run away from the hard because some of the hardest things in our life is the things that make us most holy, make us more like him. And much like we see in Elijah's life, the reward for hard work, it seems like it was more work. Elijah's in this cave and God met him in the cave and says, I've got rest for you, Elijah, but you've got to keep running. And so we've got to be able to see this season for what it is. It's a blessing. Yes, this season may be stretching you, but it's a gift because once he stretches you, he also strengthens you because he begins to, to fill up your fuel tank. All of a sudden, now you, you, you are able to hold this much fuel because he stretched you. You've grown, and now I can fill it with more, and now you can run even longer, harder, and faster and become rested in him. We've got to get rested, but then get back to running. We need to get refueled in the presence of God, but then get back to, to the purposes that God has placed in front of us. We've got to be able to reframe the frustration and enjoy the complexities of this blessing because if we don't enjoy it, we can't endure it. So how do we enjoy it? We celebrate. That's right. Right now, 
right where you're at, begin to celebrate. What has God done in my life so far? And begin to see this season. This season is a gift. How does God want me to grow? What does God want to do in and through my life during this season? Because what I believe he's gonna do, he's gonna give you rest, and then he's gonna say, run back to that marriage. Because now you're going back to your spouse and you're able to give them love because my fuel source of love is from God who is love. Now I'm going back to my kids and I've got a new fuel source. And now I'm pouring into my children right now with the fathering that I've been fathered with from my father God. I'm going back to work now. I'm not looking at the fuel source being my manager or my supervisor or that promotions affirmation of my work ethic. No, I'm being affirmed by the king of kings, by the bosses of bosses, by the Lord of Lord. He's saying, go back, get rested and then run back. Maybe you're here today and you feel like you're just utterly depleted. You're empty and you feel burnt out. You feel like, man, my fuel source has run out. I don't know how much time, how much, how much, how much fuel I got left. Can I just tell you? God sees you and he knows exactly where you're at and he wants to fill you this weekend. And that filling first comes through faith in Jesus. And if you've never made a decision to place your faith in Jesus, would you do that today? Just say, Jesus, I'm placing my faith in you. I'm turning away from the, the fake fuel, from the source that does not sustain. I'm, I'm, I'm placing my faith in you, the ultimate source. God, would you fill me, refuel me with your presence, refuel me with your purpose. I receive your forgiveness and your forever life. Let your spirit fuel me. If that's you today, we just want to know. Would you scan the QR code this weekend? We want to say welcome home. Our team wants to follow up with you. We want to give you some next steps. We don't want you to walk this new journey out alone. So we want to do this with you. We want to say welcome to our family here at Lifehouse. Maybe you're here, you already made a decision to follow Jesus. Can I just ask you this? What area of your life is God wanting to, to refuel right now? Is it sleep? Is it rest? Is it, is it a personal relationship with him in your prayer life so that you can keep running? I'm gonna invite us at all of our locations. Would you stand with us right now? I wanna pray for us, but before I pray for us, I, I, I wanna make sure that, that you know this, that there is a place that you can run to and still be rested. And that's in the arms of our Father God. We're gonna sing this song after I finish praying for us. And I believe right now that every single one of us, that's exactly where God is calling us to, is to run to him. He said, I, wanna, I want you to run to me and I wanna make sure that you're rested so that you can keep running. So Father, I thank you that you are a God that, whose arms are open, that we can run to anytime and any, any moment of our lives. God, from the people that feel like they're completely burned out to the people that feel like they're about to get burned out to the people that don't wanna ever feel like they, they, they want to get burned out. God, we can all run to you. And so God, that is the place that we, we have all been called to is to run into the arms of our Father. And so God, would you give rest to those who are weary right now? God, would you give hope to those who are hopeless, help to those who need help right now, Father? We thank you, we praise you in Jesus' name. Look, as we begin to sing this song, our prayer teams is gonna be on all sides of, of, of our campuses right now. Maybe you're carrying a burden that seems too hard for you to bear. You don't have to do it alone. Our prayer team's here. We wanna partner with you in prayer. Let's sing this song out together. Thank you for listening to audio from Lifehouse Church. We believe that through Christ, life change happens here. 
So we invite you to connect with us further by visiting lifehousechurch.org.